Thanks for listening to this podcast, which is brought to you by ACAST. Hi everyone, I'm Kat Shube. So for today and today only, we have hijacked the huge name, the UK's most popular podcast, My Dad Wrote a Porno. So it's hosted on ACAST, as we said, over 2,000 other amazing shows on there. Today, this sold out in two minutes. So for the next half an hour or so, we are going to be talking about sex. Yay! <laughs> it's a really popular topic, obviously. So, sex in a world where the machines have taken over, though. So, that's the difference here today. So, welcome to my robot, Rota Porno. See what we did there? <laughs> <laughs> right, so sex has always been here. I mean, we wouldn't be here without it, would we, if we're honest? And, you know, most of us pretty much enjoy it, don't we? Uh, so, the only thing that's changed, maybe, is how we go about getting it. And, you know, if we're comfortable discussing it or not. We're very British when it comes to this, aren't we? Uh, so the sex industry is huge, things like magazines, Playboy, online, DVDs and videos. But now it's like how we get it. And you won't be surprised to know that porn is the most searched for thing online. No one's surprised at all about that, are they? Uh, they say that prostitution is the world's oldest profession. Uh, but even there, things have changed as well with mobile apps. I mean, things like Tinder, Grindr. <coughs> Sex is just literally a swipe away, isn't it, for, for most of us? So with tech moving so fast, the question is, why go through the hassle of having a relationship and being with someone, having to put up with their moods or, you know, ups and downs of it, having to buy them presents, when you can literally... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, presents, Christmas is coming. You can literally create your ideal partner and literally switch them on or switch them off. You know, when the need arises, whatever you like to do. Uh, so can technology ever replace intimate human contact? That is what we're here to discuss today. And to help, I would like to introduce the panel. So first up, next to me here, I have Emma Kenny. She is a TV psychologist, presenter and writer. Whether appearing on This Morning, BBC Radio 1, or through her regular column for Closer magazine, she's been helping people overcome life challenges for over 20 years. So that's Emma Kenny, everyone, right here on my left. Next down, we have one of the UK's leading sex entrepreneurs, author of Behind the Mask and the woman behind the hugely successful Killing Kittens brand. It's Emma Sale, everyone. So up next, we have a self-confessed tech lover. He's a presenter who recently asked the question, can robots love us for BBC Three? So he's ideally placed to join today's discussion. James Young, everyone. And lastly, but not least, <laughs> we have a comedian who's been described as your new potty mouth best friend, a regular on Big Brother's Bit on the Side, and no stranger to readers of Attitude Mag. Hello over there. <laughs> He's about to head out on tour with his Can't Think Straight show. It's Stephen Bailey, everyone. Hi. So that is the panel. And I think, I mean, basically, first off, we should ask about sex robots and the future. Is it good or is it bad? We're going to start off very basic with it. So who wants to go first? Emma Kenny, would you like to start? I think that it's probably going to be pretty bad, if I'm honest. <laughs> this is a I nice start. I think that we probably need to master human relationships before we either decide to just not have them anymore or have sex with dolls. And I also think that, let's be honest, it's more male-dominated interests and female-dominated interests. And actually, when you were talking about porn before, let's be honest, porn is designed by men, not by women. <laughs> women don't actually like a lot of the stuff that happens in porn. So I think that robots are something that are going to occur. I think that it's inevitable. You look at the future as we see it just projected in here today. Of course, we're going to develop dolls that can have sex with you. But it's just a little bit weird. I'm sorry. 
I mean, think about introducing them to your parents. It's, <laughs> if it's odd, it's probably because there's a reason behind the oddness. Okay. I don't think it's good for us. Okay, not good for us. Emma Sale, what do you think? Um, completely agree on that. But actually, I, you know, I come from a very offline, non-tech background, um, with our business being very much about human interaction. Mm. Um, and I think you have to, when it comes to robots, you have to take go into the whole AI, artificial intelligence um, debate and whether that's ethical or yeah. not. Yeah. Um, and given that AI is sort of, the, you know, the whole premise of it is looking back at the history of how humans operate. Um, and so it's based on the, our history. And a lot of that has been male-based. And over 90% of the specialists involved in AI are male. And so when it comes to robotics, and it doesn't matter whether it's sex or anything, it's the AI debate of, you know, you can, you can throw all the artificial intelligence out there, um, but it doesn't have the human behavior, the human interaction, our morals, our ethics, and how the human mind really works. So I just think it's dangerous. Okay, well, that's the ladies' opinion, which I see has, they have actually sat divided today. Are their opinions divided? James, what do you think? Um, I feel like it's kind of a weird thing because it, I feel like it's a good thing that we can use this as an opportunity to potentially develop technologies to do with like how humans can interact with machines. Yeah. So I feel like there's a positive aspect in that regard, but also I'm on the same page in that it kind of, if it's driven by the sex industry, then we could just be on this really crazy path where it just Isn't ends up... Isn't everything driven by the sex industry? Sex is messy. But the funding, <laughs> the funding, for example, like I met Sergi Santos, he's trying to create like a sex robot, and he himself is really interested in AI, but he couldn't find funding in his own, his own little way, so he teamed up with this guy that wanted to put it in the sex doll's head. Yeah. And so that way, he's got money to do what he wants, yeah. so it's like, that's just... It just shows already. Yeah. Stephen, what do you think? Well, I think I've got the lowbrow opinion on this. Um, not because I want to get pounded by a robot. Um, I honestly don't. But I just was thinking, like, no, I don't. I don't even want a real penis. I certainly don't want a metal one. Um, but I, I don't think they're metal. I think that's the point. You suits and, like, shit. And I was like, oh, they're not going to enjoy this. Um, but I was just thinking, because as well, like, even, like, romance has definitely gone that way, hasn't it? Like, if someone likes you now, they'll be like, hey, how's you, aubergine? And <laughs> we've got the young people. And then we've got the old people who are like, aubergine, is that a vegetarian lasagna recipe? What's going on? Um... <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know if I want my sex to go where my romance has gone. Do you know what I mean? I still want to kind of feel some human contact, although it has been so fucking long. Maybe I should give it a whirl. <laughs> Honestly, it's nearly been two years, and I know I'm only 17, but... Um, I don't know. I guess the question is, would you consider it if it was there and it was on offer to you? Here's the thing, right? That was a consideration. Here's the thing. I slept with a Barry from Blackpool once, so why not? Do you know what I mean? Try anything once, innit? Yeah, I think we've all slept with He's a barrier. He's really enjoying being that handsome one. Uh, James, question for you. Uh, is there a danger of us becoming reliant on technology and scared of real human interaction? If you talk to a psychologist, you're going to... Which is great, we have one here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of luck. There's going to be such a level of difference between interacting with a human being, just in terms of... Like, we've got millions of years of evolution behind us and how we have sex and, like, the smells and tastes and feel of everything. 
it's going to be like so hard and so long before a robot can kind of offer that to you that it's yeah. going to be I don't know it's, I mean it's is there maybe... a worry that they're going to take over though after that because there, there's a lot of this online isn't there conspiracy theories and things like that about yeah. you know the future and then being like hacked into the worry of all that going on <laughs> um, I think as long as the people that are making them are aware of safeguards it's probably so you're getting raped by a robot well <laughs> I mean well like, if that's what they want to do then <laughs> I did just find a positive, though, in what you said about the smell. Like, I would happily lose the smell. (laughs) (laughs) What about the lingering smell inside this kind of rubbery silicon parts or whatever? (laughs) The audience answered for me. Yeah, I don't want a lingering smell. You said no smell. Emma Kenny, we were speaking before about the brothel in Australia. Yeah, so there's a couple of brothels, actually, and the most popular hooker, shall we say, is the doll. They are booked up. They're having to buy more dolls because men are choosing to have sex with dolls, not with the actual women who are there. And that says something symbolic to me about the way that potentially men want to treat the dolls. Because obviously women who are working in a brothel, particularly in places where it's legislated, like in Australia, there's an expected code of conduct for men to use those women in an appropriate manner, in a safe manner. But with a doll, you can have a frigid setting, basically simulates rape, and also, the dolls are so awful right now. I mean, they're awful. I sat next to one on this morning <laughs> sofa and literally just was in the weird twilight zone of the future thinking, is this real? And it was so strange that from that potential moment of being there, they got inundated with orders. And what's that saying about a society? Because what you're saying about dolls and any kind of sexual opportunity where you can engage with something that isn't involved with you or if you wanted to you could turn it off that's essentially like having a slave you're not having a relationship with it you're taking ownership of it you can do what you want with it you can pretend that you're having a relationship and even if we ever got somewhere in like a thousand years to stimulate something that mirrors sentience shall we say it's not real And therefore, it's not in the long term for humans healthy. Because like you said, what makes human relationships amazing is how screwed up they are. (laughs) You know, it actually is amazing that we learn so much from each other by how mental we are a lot of the time. You know, that's what makes humans beautiful. What about if the, um, the robots, by kind of a weird surprise, people start to have sex with these robots and it kind of cuts down the level of population growth that we have on our planet and it ends up saving humanity because... The main problem we have is that there's too many people, so there's this great There'll still be those guys cost. out there who father 30 children. True. Well, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, there's still going to be some people. What like, about we shouldn't cheating? worry about it. What about relationships and cheating or people that have different mm. sex drives? Could it help in the terms that, you know, if someone's feeling it that night, they could go and get their fix? And then could it help with a relationship, like do you vibrators. think? vibrators. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just yeah. a glorified vibrator, isn't well, it? I think, well, I think what we're looking at is that guys, I guess, are more into it at the moment. Do you think there's going to be a time where women are... are considering the sex robots or I do think, you think women personally, aren't really? I, I see the sex robots as a or, as a like a dildo it's you know what I mean it's not either or like a massive it's sort of, space it's, you have a robot, you know you just pull out your drawer from under your bed and there's a robot and a couple of toys and and a whip or you have your partner you know it's like well tonight I'm going to see my partner yeah tomorrow night I might pull out the robot yeah. <laughs> dress it up and you know so it's to me it's not sort of either Either or. I think where the robotics come in and really interesting is is people who, you know, are disabled or there's something um, 
wrong and they have there are chips that get implanted and they have the same it allows them to have the feelings and the senses of having an orgasm yeah um, and I think that's where the whole sex robotics actually is really interesting mm, okay. but it's all there's no sort of control on the industry you know it's like sort of genetics and nuclear warfare it's all very privatization that you know these private companies can get involved and then it's sort of they're all in it for commercial gain rather than actually for the good of society so I think there yeah. needs to be a lot more sort of order okay. before it you know go forth robots if your partner uh, did sleep with a sex robot though would you feel like it was cheating Stephen would you feel like it was cheating yeah, yeah I absolutely would like if they look at apples in Tesco and feel like they're cheating on me <laughs> uh, just not okay, is it? Have eyes for me. And only me. Can I just ask, why don't we just have a robot that can cuddle us? Yes. Well, I mean, I think this is Thanks the point three as people. well. Uh, <laughs> we're the romantics in the room. I think that's the point, isn't it? That people, the human interaction of it, people are missing that side of it. Yeah. Could this fill a hole, though? I mean, <laughs> that is so inappropriate. <laughs> not but like, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> it can. Do you think? Do you think it's gonna? I think emotionally, avoid? it would depend on how advanced it was. You know, if you felt like it was just me sat talking to Emma now, and she had all of that nuance and creativity of the human that can be, then of course you might feel like it was the way forward. But on a personal level, I do think that we'll probably create our own destruction. I genuinely do. I think that life is what we know at the moment, but it's very, very much by a thread. And if we create something better, stronger, more adaptable, more with longevity, yeah. then of course we'll be the lesser being in that respect. I know that's way, way down the line. We'll probably all have killed ourselves through some kind of global warming disaster. But <laughs> I just think what are we learning about ourselves in 2017 when we've got things like killing kittens? You know, I'm really li- yeah. liberal. I'm really liberal. <laughs> it's not about me being a fuddy-duddy. It's not about me thinking that sex is, is wrong and you do what you want. Just recognise that human beings are an essential component of great relationships and work on the things that you're missing to yeah. create that. Offline. And actually, libido <laughs> is an issue, but you can get help through you know, therapy and all of those things. So, but, yeah. Just don't but, wheel the robot. I just, can you imagine? <laughs> I'm, I'm not feeling like it. I'm just going to go and see Jennifer. She tells a thousand jokes. She's part of the family. <laughs> She's made of latex. You know? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. Oh. Go on, James. What were you... Um, it kind of... What you're saying, it kind of makes me think about how we all kind of... We're humans and we have this common physical structure and we get, like, a certain amount of pleasure from interacting with stuff. And if you think about... Um, the history of that, like growing up, growing up as cavemen or whatever, um, we don't get stuff like really strong prescription drugs because we've kind of like used technology technology to engineer these things that like dose us with the most like rewarding pathway in our brains possible. And it kind of makes me think that if there's like a sex robot that comes in and it kind of detects what you like, it like does everything exactly. It's got like sensors in its eyes and it tells when you're about to come and it like comes off a bit it just gives you like, keeps you keeps you on the edge and just like keeps you on that level and then James, just like James have you thought about yeah. this <laughs> um, wake up. you've gone like, straight to the tantric model haven't you <laughs> but what I'm thinking is like if that causes a problem for us because we're kind of then just treated to the like perfect experience physically because like you know, you all know when we've like we've been sleeping with someone and then they just like you're, they're getting they're doing it really well and then they just go oh my neck and they just go oh, I've got to stop. And you're like, why did you stop? And the robot would just be like, just going. <laughs> Who are you just... having sex with, James? <laughs> it would just be going and going. Somebody like, he wants whatever. a lot of head off, <laughs> yeah. obviously. <laughs> they just need yeah. a massage if they've got a bad neck. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> a sports massage. 
I've got a lovely man called George who'll do it. <laughs> True, you can have his number if you need a back massage. Uh, Emma Kenny, I want to ask you as well, uh, has technology changed the kind of problems that people are asking for help with? Yeah, I mean, when you look at Japan, for example, we're seeing, and they're quite interesting, because whilst they're a very different culture, we see trends, particularly in the sex industry, coming from there. And they are actually having a real struggle with men having children with women who are in the younger age brackets because they're having sex with computers. And it's as simple as that. So if we are distracted enough that we feel that we're having better experiences with our time elsewhere, and when you look at the addiction cycle of technology, then of course it's causing issues with our relationships. I think more for millennials than it is for the what would be the younger generation, 15 and under particularly, I think they've learned how to communicate in a different way. But I think anything that distracts you from human relationships is going to be an issue. And I do think we all need to kind of connect more as communities and socialise more as families and with friendship groups because that's actually where our core health begins and ends. And I'm sure, you know, Killing Kittens is an example of, you know, you've taken it to the extreme to try to connect people who want experiences together safely, right? Yeah, completely. And we, um, I mean, it's been 12 years and it started as sort of, one full-on party a month and now actually over half our events aren't full sex they're talks and they're workshops and they're weekend retreats to couples and it's a lot more about connecting that connection and how to connect and all the experts that do our talks the sort of relationship talks or people like you who yeah. come in and and um so the whole thing with you know what we stand for is is basically allowing women to express themselves yeah. and explore their sexuality and adult play own it, basically would you ever yeah. think of introducing the sex robots to the killing kittens party? that'd be hilarious <laughs> <laughs> would you ever do it uh, um, How do you think it would go down if you did? Like a cup of cold sex. Oh. Um, no, it, I think it would be fair. It would be quite amusing to have them, you know, if you had them in some of the playrooms or you had one room that is sex robots. I think, I think it's more of a novelty. I don't think anyone would sort of go in there, you know, going, right, that's what I want. I want to shag a robot or be mm. shagged by a robot. It's more, I want to, you know, just a curiosity. Yeah, um, an experience. Yeah, experience. So, uh, Stephen, yeah. so I want to speak to you. Uh-huh. Uh, sex for gay men, especially. I mean, I come to you for this. Yep. expert on the subject, right? As a heterosexual, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it has changed so much. A generation ago, men had to like seek out like-minded men in a bar, go up, do all the chatting. Now with technology, it's a quick swipe on the phone and you know it takes minutes to go and hook up with someone or to find you know, a like-minded person. How do you feel about that? How do you I feel? know, but I find it all quite depressing, to be honest. Even like the apps and stuff, taking it as basic as that. Because I think the conversation's completely gone. Like, I'm, I'm a big, I'm an over, like, because I just want a relationship like my parents, because they've been together forever, because they're brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's a joke. I'm very attractive. Um, <laughs> but, but I just, th- I just think, like, the way people speak to each other, like, no one's speaking to each other that way in real life, and I don't want them to speak that way. Like, you get a dick... Like, I got this message of this guy on... Um, <laughs> I think we know where fish, this is going. Yeah. Fish. And it just said, like, hey, how's you? Was fine, wasn't bothered, so I didn't message him back, respectfully. Mm-hmm. And then he messaged me again and go... Uh, and then he sent me a picture of his dick. penis, and it was like... Um, thinking of you. <laughs> and it was flaccid. <laughs> so no, I'm not into the robot thing. Like, at least when people are in real life, they get a proper semi around you. So you're like, okay, he's into it. Um, and I just can't do it. Like, all jokes aside, like, I'm 
I find it bizarre now in a different way where I've almost gone bonkers in another way because if someone's nice to me now because it's so rare that yeah. people will engage with yeah. you in person that if someone just like asks you a question mm. back I'm like holy footballs it's <laughs> the one because like, I can't remember the last time anyone asked me how my day was without a spelling mistake so yeah. that's my opinion also just on the so- to- topic of this I think it's going to go I think it's going to go dead quick because remember Tamagotchis yes. oh my god I was obsessed with Tamagotchis I got one I killed it I didn't give a shit like and I think that's what's going to happen with these they're just going to die but alright on to the next go to the next one it's making me imagine this kind of world because I have like a box of tricks as maybe some people do or a drawer of tricks and like imagine because how big they are yeah. Like, mm. would people then, like, would the In feature of people's houses be <laughs> well, like the yeah. robot room and there's just loads of bodies? Imagine trying on the to get wall. a tube bed in a flat in London. I know. <laughs> A and like, bed in what, no what happens? fucking way. <laughs> well, what about introducing it to families? Emma Kenny, how would that affect oh, God. families? Yeah, that's one of my resounding memories from that segment because the guy said that the doll, Wendy, spent time with his family and she could tell a thousand jokes. I mean, she could tell them like that. And it was that whole idea that that was firstly acceptable and secondly would it probably cause some kind of long-term issues for the children, knowing that Daddy and Mummy liked Wendy that didn't move but could tell really bad jokes. <laughs> and I, again, the problem for me on a bigger level, if I'm really honest about it, is the submission level because... I do think that in society right now, you know, women have been trying to claw back, and sorry to be a bit political here, but women have been trying to claw back equality or claw equality, not even claw it back, for such a long time. And I feel like we're finally trying to at least position ourselves where we believe that we are achieving that status. And the problem is that every time we elect to do that, what happens is somebody either, you know, makes us more sexualized, you know, so we wear less clothes in the press, or again, makes us feel that, you know, sex dolls could replace us because actually what use will we have unless we've got vaginas that are actively mm. working? And the bigger issue is why are we kind of allowing this submission that we've already faced for such a long time to fester? And I kind of think that we all need to have that really clear conversation with men. You know, stop making shit porn where we're abusing. <laughs> used because we don't fucking like it guys we don't like it often i'm sure there are a few and on the whole we don't um and stop making us feel like we are just our vaginas and breasts you know and i'm sure in this room you're all advanced male thinkers and probably for you that isn't where you are but you all know guys like that and i'd certainly have experienced it in my time because it screws us over so sex dolls and sex robots and the future of sex is all about basically being able to use our bodies so that you get the best benefit and it's not okay you know, suddenly women have got more of an opinion and are more independent, and there's a lot of men that feel very emasculated by that. And as I said before, it's over 90% of all the of people working within the AI robotics world are guys, and they're using AI based on past history. And it's sort of, shit, women have got opinions now, yeah. and they're scaring us, so let's basically make the female from 100 years ago in the form of a exactly doll it. and call it a sex doll. Yeah. Because then it's going to be socially accepted. Guys, I think, I look to you. I think it's an, it's an incredibly important point to make and it's kind of what uh, I'm aiming to do with my documentaries Yay. because <laughs> it's kind of like... I, the, the next one that's coming out um, is basically funded by an organisation that wants to kind of spur women and young girls into just getting involved in that community because it's like 
it's a it's massively biased towards the the male mindset and just the representation in Silicon Valley and stuff is just so skewed that it's just the problem you've got it's like a fear strategy I need to tell people like look what can happen you need to get involved and like but the problem is that if you actually got us and women do get involved in porn development for example that's probably the closest that we're involved in at the moment but actually a lot of guys don't want to watch it Mm -hmm. and your biggest market's men you know they don't want to watch a woman enjoying it in a way which she is enjoying it they want to see a face abused that's interesting <laughs> because the guy yeah. you, you interviewed they want to see us covered in sperm yeah. right. in the eyes that's the what guy, they want the guy, they do like, like any woman in this room has been like yeah <laughs> bukkake me nice. do it <laughs> The, the guy you were on... Said with, no woman ever. You were on this morning, right? With You were on this morning with Aaron, right? Do you remember? Oh, yeah, I was on this morning yeah. with so him. I he, do remember. He, interestingly, Seemed was saying... Seemed very rational. Right. He was, he was interestingly saying that he doesn't want a robot that just takes it and that he his meaning behind getting AI into the sex doll was that... He was like, I want the robot to come. Like, uh, that's what Oh, I for God's sake. But he it's... doesn't, because it can't. It's a bloody robot. <laughs> this is where it's ridiculous. Ridiculous, Adam. I know, Adam, but like, it's, it's, a, it's a robot, though. Adam. Like, why does yeah. he want that to happen? Knowing that he's, he's making he's some not, other ones. He's got paraphilia. Him. He's got a particular predilection for an object that he wants to mimic as a human, much like people fall in love with bridges. Oh, he's no. not normal. <laughs> it's not Maybe normal. Or Maybe that's what we're looking at here. Should we get some questions from the audience? Does anybody have any? Right, I'll come to you. One second. Adam needs therapy, just to, <laughs> to clarify. Hello, what's your name? Uh, my name's Ben. So um, I watched a film recently starring Ryan Gosling called Lars and the Real Girl. I don't know if any of you have seen no. it. No. But it's a really, really good film. It's a really sweet film about Ryan Gosling's character struggles to form relationships with people. I think the implication is he's Asperger's, Asperger's. or kind of on the scale. And he um, buys this sex doll online with which he has a romantic but platonic relationship and over, it kind of spoils the film for everyone sorry yeah, but he, he, he uses the doll to develop the skills to have a relationship and at the end of the film he kind of abandons the doll to have a relationship with a woman which he wouldn't be able to do before he'd had the doll mm. so the doll kind of provided that like a surrogate. Yeah, sort of bridge for him, if you like, into having a relationship. <laughs> it's interesting because when you look at research, a lot of ideas will take, for example, um, people who have violent tendencies and for a long time the idea was, well, go and smash something up because that will hopefully alleviate it. And what it did was it encouraged it further. So what we would actually expect, ironically, is if you did have a relationship and build rapport with a doll, it would actually desensitise you more from human experience because the reward that you get from having that would be something that would affect your amygdala in the brain and give you that kind of compulsive addiction to that scenario much like love is very compulsive and addictive if you form that alliance much like you would with your partner you form it with a doll so I would say that even though that would be an ideal idea this practicing it would be far better to do it with another human so like in therapy a lot of the work that we do is with people who really struggle to connect you know and my job is to actually help them to see that they can create relationships with a formula in the room that they can transplant to other human beings that would be my ideal but I get what you're saying Mm. but it's a bit like saying to prisoners who are serial killers don't kill people I've got a doll and you stab it and it bleeds it (laughs) won't give them the rush of killing not that if you're going to buy a doll, you're going to go and serial kill people. But that kind of thing, you know, yeah. or rapists. They're not going to go, oh, I don't need to rape a woman anymore. 
I've got a doll to rape, it's not the same. Because ironically, they both seek out human experience, even yeah. though it's a dark human experience. So it couldn't even bridge the gap for people being no. lonely in the, in the no. meantime. And also, no. can I just put this out there? In Japan, they sell child sex dolls. Child sex dolls. And then one of the most popular models, we've had the first conviction in the UK of a man who bought a doll that mimicked a five-year-old child. The argument being, well, I'm a paedophile. I appreciate that paedophiles, there is a large percentage of paedophiles who are non-practicing, i.e. they accept that they have a moral defunct belief system about their predilection. They understand that and they don't act on it. But they were saying, well, this would help me. It won't. It will incite because it will never be enough. What's your name? I will. Um... My question is to all of you on the panel. Um, if you could design a perfect sex robot for you, what would it look like? Oh, God. Just have a massive vibrator, vibrator for a cock. Yeah. That'd be it. Just a really good one that could massage your clitoris at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be interested in the face if it's, it's all down there. It's all down there. Yeah. I, don't, I think out that the sex toys out there at the moment is uh, more than enough yeah. for... From a female point of view, we don't need the. No. If you could get so, one, unless you get one that has a really good tongue going on. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Maybe just the. It penis doesn't need to be that big. It just needs to be a little, little contraction, yeah, exactly. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Gents, yeah. what's your idea? <laughs> I think I'd just like one of those neck pillows that you get at the airport. <laughs> I think that would be lovely for me. <laughs> and a bag of Maltesers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want it to vibrate or is it just normal, this just one? Normal. Just normal. I'm a simple soul. Nothing special. A simple northern soul. Okay. I don't know. I think... <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just have a little look on here, shall we? What are you doing there? I, I, I question the idea of, like, why we need to make it have a human form in general. Yeah. Mm. Like, why is it not some weird, like... Not an alien shaped one. Oh, but that's a very odd thing about your thought processes today. Have, to have you seen of... a Dyson hairdryer? Yeah. <laughs> it's the most popular hairdryer. If I was saying this shit in Hull, they would not lol. Um... So, guys, is uh, sexuality and sexual desire now as easy for women to talk about and take control of, do you think? Should we start with guys on this one? <laughs> James, James. There's, there's definitely a, a noticeable change in how we're all communicating about sex in empowerment in women and yeah yeah have hopefully you noticed it, it, hopefully it will continue yeah yeah ladies Emma say. um well I've seen a massive as I said it's been 12 years since we started and we've, I've seen a huge change from day one when girls would come to the events and it very much was sort of taboo and you didn't talk about it and you didn't you know you want to be slut shamed and that whole kind of back then if you had one night stand then you were you were a slut um and i've seen a big change and now you know we get groups of girls friends who come along to the events and they sort of might experiment might get with you know couples who come or they there's a lot of girls that want to try it with other girls and they'll then openly chat about it in a pub or a bar to their other friends or say yeah i went to KK party last night and slept with three guys and two girls and it's sort of that there's been a massive shift and I think society's got a lot more open as women have got a lot more independent and 
Was there um, a pinpoint, was there a moment where you can sort of say it happened from there? Is it like... No, it's been very gradual. I mean, when we started, it was when Sex and City came out and, and Summers hit High Street. So there was sort of, that was kind of the start of what they called the whole sexual female revolution. Um, and um, it's sort of grown from then and sort of Fifty Shades of Shit, as I call it, came oh, it's out. Terrible. Um, it's terrible. Terrible. What, what, it, what it did do, which is good, is sort of open, it, open up to allow women to sort of explore it was okay for girls women to go and explore the kinky side and and go down that route so we've seen a big change in a lot of our events we'll have sort of a dungeon playroom with a dungeon master and people can sort of go and try out that kind of side of things but yeah the book is terrible what about technology though have you noticed since tinder and all those sort of apps have you noticed a difference is there been less people coming to the parties no we've is had it... we've had more and i think what's lovely because i'm a very offline person is we've had a lot more people come um and they a lot of you when you chat to a lot of the girls they don't like the whole tin they don't like the online dating apps they sort of go well do you know we've come off it we tried it for a few months we've come off it we actually want the human interaction we don't want the swipe the minute you swipe you're kind of dehumanizing someone um mm. so actually what i've seen is yeah that was great and when all those apps came out but actually in the last sort of two three years there's actually been a big shift to, for people actually wanting to be offline. I guess I don't see why we are going the sex route, so the the sex robot route, because it seems like as we're kind of maturing, I don't know, as a society where this like sexual liberation is happening, and people can like have open relationships or poly, uh, polygamous polyamorous relationships, like why can you not seek if your partner is like really horny and you just like why can you not? talk to them about it and then just they uh, yeah. can seek maybe I, a human connection and then you'll have a friend that you yeah. do that with or I, whatever. I feel like um, even though we think we're more liberal than ever I think that people are still having really shit sex lives mm. genuinely and I think that we don't communicate and that's one of the big problems which worries me that's what I was saying at the very beginning the mm. idea of creating another avenue so we don't communicate with each other about our sex lives and Actually, I think that women particularly just feel they've got to perform for men. And that means that men don't get a great ride as well, because at the end of the day, they think they're impressing a girl. They think she's having an orgasm where actually she's lying a lot of the time. And women in this room, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you There's know. A few giggles, I can actually, hear you. it's really, really <laughs> difficult to actually have that conversation with men early on, particularly early on when you're younger. And it takes quite a long time. I think as you get yeah. older, you start to kind of own and be empowered about your body and actually tell them what you need and get what you want but that takes a lot of work and I I don't think that we're at a position where we're that liberal we like to say it we see women walking around half naked as celebrities and it's like oh yeah that's empowered I actually think it is that's what young women are being brought up with and I think that we have to start talking a lot more about what sex is it's adult play but it takes respect it takes mutual understanding and it takes conversation and communication and we are sadly lacking that because of what you're talking about, like the Tinder and all of these things where it's about immediacy, getting cock pictures, sending selfies and sexting. That's just not soulful. And I suppose that underpins the whole premise of my belief system, which is that sex should be soulful. It should be about, even if it's a one-off, mm. it should be about cerebral experience and physically shared understanding. Do you think can't pro- lose that. Sorry, do you think programmes like Black Mirror and stuff are sort of like riling people up and do you think it's a realistic look to the future of, of what could happen or is it just one person's ideal of what could happen? I think definitely elements of it. I think the way that we like approval, the way that we live on likes, the way that we're worried about what everybody thinks about us, we edit our lives, we're mythical in our experiences a lot of times. I think the political agenda that it brings about, particularly how women are being treated and how we are 
essentially being told what is essentially about our beauty, not about our integrity and self-worth. I think it's bringing up some really important questions and moral choices that we need to make. And I think we all need to kind of stop believing that we're all out there and cool and liberated when actually we've no, probably been more trapped than ever. So finally, I guess, what's the future for uh, in an ideal circumstance? I don't want sex robots. I want a little bit of romance back. And I think people should talk more about sex. Like, Emma, yeah. if you were my sex ed teacher in school, That's what I, was gonna say, I would yeah. feel more confident. Yeah. Like, I don't feel really confident in, se- like, in sex ever. And I think it goes back to school, because obviously teacher in school is put a condom on a banana and then have mm. sex. And so what I did the first time was I put a condom on a banana, had sex and got chlamydia anyway. <laughs> it said it worked out well for me. So I think it's starting early, isn't it? With this starting time? early. And <laughs> engagement and romance and cerebral. I've never used that word. Cerebral. But I guess the sex robots, uh, they've started to form already anyway. It's happening. Yeah, so true. is there a way that we can stop it if we all wanted to? Or is it <laughs> going to happen whatever? Um, yeah, I guess once it's, the ball's rolling, it's, it's happening. So I think, I think what Emma's on about, uh, Emma, Emma one or two. <laughs> yeah. Can you say it? <laughs> um, it's basically important because it's kind of it, it, this challenging question allows us to start thinking about what we what we're doing with each other yeah. and what people are how in, people are interacting and how things are changed in modern society so hopefully if we can use this as a trigger to address that and and um kind of think about yeah sex education in schools and just making people understand what it's like <laughs> to be a human being with someone instead of just like taking the lessons from the internet Totally agree, and actually, and you know what, some of the stuff we're starting to do and talk to is is trying to get the whole sex ed in schools completely rejigged because, you know, when I was I was at all girls boarding school for ten years, which explains a lot. <laughs> um, and um, it, you know, sex ed, it wasn't sex ed; it was biology, and it was like that's what a penis looks like, and that's what a vagina looks like. It, there was no, and going back from to what you were saying, and it's the psychology, and it's that if you teach boys and girls from a very yeah. young age that to respect each other and to be in control of their sexuality and to own it and not feel pressured and that you know you teach young boys about respecting girls then um you know then you st- you have that sort of foundation to then go on and become adults and you don't have that whole gonzo sort of porn lifestyle because what you've got at the moment are 12 13 year old boys watching gonzo porn assuming that that is sex and that's how women behave when they have sex yeah. and you've got girls feeling inadequate because they think yeah. that's how they're meant to behave yeah. so you've got this sort of vicious cycle so even though we think we, li- we live in a very liberated yeah. world it's actually going backwards because yeah. you've got girls from the age of five upwards who yeah. are learning that yeah. basically that that's how you're meant to act within the bedroom yeah okay. and it's and just not right. it's happening anyway i guess the ball is rolling with the yeah. sex robots how can yeah. we best adapt to this situation in the future change it so that they just tidy our houses <laughs> and do things like yeah, ironing because I'm completely pro that you know get away from me having to have anything but human relationships I can do that I think we have to extend the conversation I think that we have to acknowledge that when we're having terrible sex lives or no sex lives there's probably work to do on ourselves and that's okay and the most important thing is to acknowledge that just because it's there doesn't mean that we have to believe that it's something suitable or progressive for us and I think that it's really weird because we almost have this sense of helplessness about advancement but we don't like we're far bigger 
us individuals, those voices are far louder than the minority of people who are pushing these things forward for exactly what you said, Emma, about commercial gain. They don't give a shit about our human relationships. They don't care about the future of our kids. They don't worry that women are getting made to be objectified in such a way it's damaging to children growing through those generations now. They don't give a shit. But we can. So I suppose my answer to that was, let's just stop it by saying that we don't want it. Because if we do that, they'll listen in the end. And all those people who think it's okay and will normalise it in 100 years' time, because it will be normalised like anything. And as you said, my boys, I've got a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old, I've already said to them, your girlfriend on the first date will not want fisting and she won't want <laughs> anal sex. How crazy well, is it that I've had mind. that conversation <laughs> with my children? How did because, they react? <laughs> um, they, they think it's completely understandable. That one wouldn't, I think they were a bit concerned about the word fisting. But they are seeing that. And I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be open. I'm not going to leave them. I want them to be good men to good women. Yeah. And I think that's how we make society. So let's just say f- no. Okay. Well, that's a good message to end it on. Uh, today has been uh, My Robot Wrote a Porno. Thank you very much to Stephen Bailey, James Young, Emma Sale and Emma Penny. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to this podcast, which is brought to you by ACAST. Like you, millions of people enjoy podcasts every week. ACAST works with thousands of amazing shows, reaching the most engaged, loyal and desirable audiences on demand. For more information about advertising, sponsorship and branded content opportunities for your business, contact us using sponsor at acast.com.